Hello and welcome to a new episode of The Last Tranche. The resilience of CLO structures through the turbulence of the last few years has led to claims that the market has become more institutionalized. While New Deal formation slowed in 2022, the volatility provided great opportunities for trading. More than 50 billion traded on BWICs last year, which is a record for the asset class. But even as the liquidity profile improves, the manual process for trading CLOs can be cumbersome and time consuming. Today, I'm joined by Brian Bajile, CEO of Octura, which is a new fintech platform designed to simplify the trading process for CLOs and loans. Brian, welcome to the podcast. You, thanks for having me. It's great to be on. Before we discuss the new developments at um, Octura, I want to start by going back just a little bit. Um, to talk about your time uh, working on the trading desk at City back in those days, what can you sort of tell us about the process of manual trading, both for, on the loan side and also on the CLO side? Where to begin? There's a there's a lot to, to say about the process in which both loans and CLOs are traded. But uh, basically, in my 18-year career on the sell side, uh, trading both loans and CLOs, I saw quite a bit of uh, challenges in terms of just how you know the workflow works. I know you're just talking about BWICs and the record year of $50 billion uh, for, for last year. That's that's incredible. That's a, that's a huge growth. When I think about what that means actually on a day-to-day basis, it's, it means that it's a lot of bonds that are coming through for both the sellers and the buyers. And I can give you some anecdotes of you know some of the issues that happen in, uh, in those markets. On a busy day, and this, I've seen this happen quite a, quite a few times, a seller is selling a bunch of bonds during the auction in the heat of the moment. They are receiving incoming bids from, you know, think about 15, 20 dealers. Each dealer on the other side is receiving bids from, in turn, 20, 30, 40 buy-side accounts. The seller is trying to correlate all this data in spreadsheets, it's coming in over the phone, it's coming in over emails, it's coming in over instant messages. And putting it together becomes a real nightmare. There are many instances I've seen where, you know, for a particular group bond in an auction, the seller may actually hit or trade at a lower price than the best bid because while they didn't get you know, the improved best bid that came in an email 30 minutes later after the auction launched. That's a problem, but that happens. That has happened many times. And then when you think about it from the, from the bank side, the dealers who are kind of in the middle of uh, these auctions, there are also a lot of issues that could potentially happen there. Again, going to a year such as last year with a lot of you know, that volume, imagine a, a situation where salespeople who are receiving bids from their buy-side clients to submit into the auction. Most accounts who are bidding on these things, they want instant feedback. Hey, I've given you a bid on this AAA bond. I need feedback on my bond. How am I looking? Am I winning? Am I best bid? I'm not best. What do I need to do to improve? Help me buy this bond. Everybody's looking for an edge in this auction because they are competitive. it's a competitive situation. But in seeking that edge, there's a lot of pressure imposed on these salespeople handling these processes. And sometimes people are going to make mistakes in trying to please their clients. 
maybe the inadvertent re reveal color that they're not supposed to. Okay, you're not best. There's another bit over here, right? People make those kind of mistakes under pressure just because of the sheer volume of transactions that are coming through. This stuff happens. And there's a lot more, you know, of, you know, variations of this theme that is bearing down on both buy side and sell side. And that's why people are exhausted and say that the build process is broken, but there's no solution yet. And that's why we are here. We start to help to create, you know, workflows that alleviate pressure on both sides of the form, so to speak. Yeah. One of the things I um, hear that comes up often among the investors I speak to is how long um, it takes for trades to settle, especially in the, in the loan market. I mean, what does that process look like from the perspective of someone on the bank trading desk? Why does it take such a long time for investors? We could spend the whole day talking about loan settlement. <laughs> that's, a, that's a whole can of worms in of itself. In the bond market, settlement is an afterthought. You know, bonds settle T plus two, T plus three. They settle electronically on DTC, Euroclear. In the loan space, there's no DTC, there's no Euroclear. And loans have their own peculiarities that is not that are present in the CLO space. You know, uh, to give an example of some of the things that are unique to loans that exacerbate some of the settlement issues, each time someone buys and sells a loan, the buyer and the seller, they have to present themselves to the agent bank. From the CLO market, think about this as the transfer agent. They have to present themselves to the agent bank and they have to show a few things. One, the seller has possession of those bonds. That means that they are in the registry of lenders or holders of the, of the loan. The buyer has to have KYC for the, each of their funds that is looking to buy those loans, KYC. They have to have tax status documents. And interestingly enough, the buyers have to have consent from the borrower. So think about the issuing company, the company that has issued the loan. That company has to authorize every transfer. It's called borrower consent. This is an existing bond space. To process all these questions, it's actually a very manual process that operations people at the buyer, the seller, the agent bank, they have to manually go through this every time. And now imagine a very active market, which the loan market is to an extent versus the structured markets. And you have trades, back-to-back -back trades that are happening, you know, a lot of exchanges happening. That paperwork is going to pile up. And when it piles up, it creates log gems at the agent bank in the process. And as a result, you could have trades settle anywhere between seven and 40 days. That is very commonplace in that, in that market. So that's, um, that's really interesting about these specifics, but I'm curious also about you know, what does all of that have taken together mean for the loan market in terms of, say, say I'm an investor or I'm a, a CLO manager who's buying the loans. What do all of those inefficiencies mean for the market in general, do you think? Those settlement challenges have significant ramifications for the market. Even if you look at um, the high level structure of the loan market, 65 to 70% of the investors in the loan asset class are CLOs. About only 10 to 15% is mutual funds or 48 funds. Think about ETFs and so forth. Why is it only 10 to 15%? Because most of these mutual funds regard loans as illiquid assets only because of the long settlement and not because you know the bid offer is, is wider or there's no liquidity. No, it's because of settlement. So that actually limits the amount of funds investing in the space from, from mutual fund space or project funds. That's one uh, item. The other aspect that I'll point out to you is a huge 
impact on overall liquidity in the loan market. The loan market today is about $1.5 trillion outstanding. The bond market, high yield bond market is about the same, $1.5 trillion. The bond market here, approximately $3 trillion. So a two times turnover in the high yield bond market. What's the turnover ratio of the loan market? 0.6. So about 800 billion trades in a given year. Much lower than the bond market. Why? Because this settlement issue is a huge drag to, uh, to liquidity in the loan space. So settlement definitely has a huge impact in terms of the market structure and liquidity in the loan market. Were there any other inefficiencies really when you were, from when you were working on the trading desk that, you know, the product Octura that you've recently um, founded uh, was really designed to solve in, in addition to the two we already mentioned? Yeah, so uh, at this point, you know, we've talked about some of this process operational efficiencies. Obviously, they are real problems, but these things can be solved with electronification of, of the markets, which we're doing at Octora. There are also other problems in the market, in these markets, and they have to do with access to good quality data and analytics. In both markets, before you start actually bidding or trading these loans or CLOs, you're going to have to set up systems and processes. You know, you're going to set up different data feeds to give you reference data, pricing, cash flow engines, documents. All this stuff, you have to get it from a lot of providers. Most institutional investors have to have their own internal teams of tech people and operations people who are building these pipes and maintaining this pipe to keep it going. It's a very expensive proposition for an investor to wake up tomorrow and say they want to start trading in these asset classes because of that required investment. It's actually a barrier to entry. And this is part of the reason why I feel that as uh, a loan and CLO asset class, we have room to grow, right? If we can lower some of those barriers, if we can find ways to make it much cheaper for people to access data and analytics in this space, easier to access those analytics and data we can definitely see growth in the sector. And this is one of the strategic uh, reasons why the investors who have affected Tora, this is one of the things that they want to see as expanding, improving uh, uh, investor and participant access to good quality data analytics, and then increasing the number of, uh, increasing the overall participation in the asset classes. So I'm assuming you had the idea for Octura while you were still working working for a bank. Um, what was the genesis of the idea for Octura like? Can you tell us a bit about the early steps in sort of the conversations you were having in getting the new platform set up when it was still just an idea? Yeah, I consider Octura a continuation of my own personal journey in finance. Yes, I've spent the better part of uh, the last 20 years as a bond trader or bond and loan trader. But I come to this really as, a, as an engineer. I'm a computer scientist by background who happened to be trading bonds. And I mentioned that to say that, you know, on the trading desk, I was always that guy who was working to automate every little manual step. Most of the time, you know, early on in my career, I did it so that I get out of the office early because we used to put it, I remember when I was an analyst, I will be in the office until 3 a.m. doing client month end valuations. And one Christmas, I just said to myself, look, I need to automate this process. So I wrote you know, this, this program that could price about 500 bonds in a couple of hours. 
then I could make it home in time. That's where some of this stuff started. This is almost 20 years ago, early on in my career. Over time, as I got more senior in the business, I started to institutionalize those automations. Okay, building databases you know, for color pricing and putting it all together to create an advantage for my desk. And then in time, I said to the bank, you know, why don't we offer some of these services to buy-side clients? And that was on City Velocity was born, right? And a lot of people have used you know, that service that City provides successfully. Why? Because clients yearned for, again, easy and cheap access to good data analytics and trading. And City Velocity was an amalgamation of all those things. And that's where it became very clear to us that these markets were absolutely ready for electronification, right? Now, this is, you know, proving it to one bank. Try proving it to the whole industry. That's a whole different, you know, ballgame. But once we, we did that, it was also clear to me that, look, this was not the end of this idea. We could take it to its logical conclusion, which is, okay, if it works for one bank, it should work for one dealer. In fact, you know, it would be much more efficient for the market to come together to centralize this function. Why? Because, okay, City has built this, this system on City Velocity. Guess what? Every bank would now have to go and build that system as well. So they're investing money in that. What's of every buy-side client has to now connect with every dealer system. That's a very inefficient use of resources. It's much better to centralize some of these core functionalities so that we don't have to invest. And then everybody gets the benefit of operational savings. That's a theory, obviously. It's another thing to actually get out and get it done and convince people. I did that and I picked up the phone. I had a conversation with my management at City, and they say to me, okay, you think you want to do this platform, but can you convince another bank? If you can convince one more bank, then we can invest in the project. So I picked up the phone and I called uh, Dave Trepenier at Bank of America. He was a friend. And Dave thought this was brilliant because he also was thinking about doing something similar. In fact, Bank of America had also pioneered a single dealer platform in the loan space, City having invested in the CLO space. So we thought, why not bring the two together as the seed for a multi-dealer platform? So I convinced one bank. And then at that point, City and Bank of America invested in what became Project Octopus, which is the predecessor to Octora. With that investment, we were able to then move forward, build a prototype for the platform, a prototype which we're then able to showcase to additional dealers. So we went to five dealers who we pitched the idea to, and it resonated. It was very clear. Once you show people something tangible, they see, they understand it, they got it right away, and they jumped on the project. And then in the same breath as well, we were talking to Moody's Analytics. Why? Because as I said uh, before, this is not just about trading or execution. It's about data and analytics. That helps to give people confidence about the levels at which they're trading, putting it all together. And that's how Moody's Analytics you know, came to the table. And with eight investors, we progressed Project Octopus. And then last spring of, uh, so spring of 2022, we officially launched Octora. And the rest is history. Here we are. Yeah, no, I wanted to ask you about the onboarding of the banks specifically, because my sense is that with previous 
innovations such as this, they've they. I th- it seems to me that the um, that the banks have been a bit more hesitant to change than say investors would be or a CLO manager would be. Do you think? Do you think that's right? What was your what was your sense around that time? I just don't think uh, banks were hesitant to uh, do something like this. Now, in general, these projects are very complex. There's a lot of execution risk. There have been many consortium that have not worked very well. Bank consortium that have not worked very well. But there are also a significant amount of consortium companies that have gone on and you know completely revolutionized the market. Think about Visa. That was a bank consortium at one point. It's not so much reluctant, but I think it's more questioning whether something has the potential to be successful. I think back to my own example, my own conversation with Citi to say, can we convince someone? Yes, it's a great idea, but can we convince other banks to join? The other part of that is, I think it's just, you know, and that's, what, that's why we have to build something tangible to demonstrate to other banks. Now, it took a while to put them together because obviously there are a lot of moving parts, right? Each bank is going to have its own opinions as to how such a structure should come together. We spent quite a bit of time orienting ourselves so that we could get to the same point and create a company that accomplishes all our strategic goals. I'm very optimistic that banks, you know, I think they are very receptive to innovative technologies. It's just a matter of making sure that the ideas that they're investing in have a chance to actually be successful. So you announced last week that the um, first loans have traded on Octora. Could you tell us a little bit about that process and what, and what it was like? Yes. So last December, we launched the beta version of the platform on the loan side. We launched, well, basically, we launched a protocol called uh, uh, Dealer Inventory. If you think about um, what loan investors and, and dealers spend most of their time doing uh, in today's market, it's dealers sending runs on Bloomberg. They're sending out basically markets, two-way markets. I want to buy this here. I want to sell that there. Their email messages. The buy side clients consuming that information email by email from all the banks at the same time. And so the traders and PMs on the buy side spend time sifting through these messages to try to find who's the best price for this. Who do I call for that? That's what takes up 60 to 70% of people's time in the loan market. So the protocol that we launched last month in beta form automates this information exchange. It allows dealers to seamlessly transmit their access or their two-way markets onto Octorus platform. And clients can see those access real-time. Not only can they see them real-time, they can trade on the platform, meaning they can engage a dealer, bid or offer the securities, execute the transaction. And then the system is going to send back to both buy-side and sell-side notifications after the trade is done. The notifications are being beamed directly into the dealer's system. So they don't have to book tickets anymore, trade tickets anymore. Same thing on the buy side, we're beaming those notifications directly into the client's system. So this is usually their order management system. They don't have to book trades either. One of the big issues in loans is just booking trades. Sometimes people trade, you know, the dealer thinks they sold the B4 tranche. Buy side thinks they bought the B2 tranche. And seven days later, when they're trying to settle that trade, they realize actually they traded, each person traded the wrong side of uh, the wrong tranche in that loan. That happens as well. So uh, the protocol we launched has been very f- efficient and very effective, and we're getting great reviews from the buy side uh, that has participated in those, uh, in those transactions. Same thing on the sell side as well. 
And we're going to be continuing with these beta sessions until we officially launch the platform. Were there any um, unforeseen challenges that you encountered in getting the platform set up? Uh, unforeseen challenges. Look, the truth is, this is a very challenging undertaking. And it's never easy. We make it look easy, but this is, these things are never easy, okay? It's quite a bit of work to get seven competing institutions to come together and work together for the benefit of the entire industry. That takes time. During that process, and I, I joke about this now, and I, I say to people, Project Octopus probably almost died 10 times before it made it to the finishing line. And there were many you know, trying points where we, we thought maybe it wasn't going to make it. That's because there were differences of opinions. We thought we should do things differently. But at the end of the day, it was very clear that uh, what we're doing was important for the market, too important to not have it be successful. And we eventually got it done. But you know, that took quite a bit of work. I have to say. And um, in terms of the functionality of the, of the platform, again, what's, it, what's the sort of, what's, what's it look like? Say, say I'm a, 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 um, an investor and I, lo I log into um, Octura for the first time. What am, what am I going to see and what am I going to do straight away? What you're going to see is you're going to see the loan market almost in its entirety. You're going to see inventory from all the dealers that are on the platform. You're going to see what they want to buy. I'll give an example. Okay, you want to trade American Airlines term loan Bs. For that loan, you're going to see, let's say, 10 bids that are on the platform from 10 dealers. Sort it out. You're going to see which one is the best bid, how much they're bidding for that loan, who's the best offer, how much they're bidding for that loan. It's going to be very easy, well uh, sorted for you to figure out exactly the inside market, best bid and best offer. That's the first thing. And you can see this for all the loans on the platform. Maybe you don't need to see all the loans. You want to see a, a, a subset of the loans that you care about, right? Maybe your investment shop, you only care about 200 loans. You can set up filters on the platform so that you can only, so that you see only those names that you care about. Okay, so this part, we call it the discovery phase, right? You're finding the loans that you want to, you want to participate in. Then the next step is the execution of the trading. Once you pick up the American Airlines loan you want, to, you want to transact in, you can engage any of those, let's say 10 dealers who are making the market of that. You can engage them on the buy side, on, the, on their bids, meaning that you're looking to sell bonds to, uh, the loans to them. You can engage them on their offers, meaning that you're looking to buy from them. And you can negotiate the transaction on the platform by just hitting a few buttons on the platform. I want to buy this at a point lower. You click a couple of buttons, that goes directly to the dealer. The dealer is going to respond back to you on the platform. Hey, we trade this loan. No, I want to sell it at a higher price. All these engagements, by the way, they're not taxed, it's actually buttons. So it's very efficient and effective. As opposed to today, clients will have to pick up the phone and negotiate this trade manually. Now, sometimes the clients want to check two or three dealers. Hey, you know what? I want to buy something. Can I get the best price? So I want to put three dealers in comp. How do you do that today? You got to pick up the phone, have three subsequent phone calls. By the way, each phone call is probably going to last three, four, five minutes. So you could be doing this for 30 minutes. On October, you can put the dealers in comp and execute something in 10 or 15 minutes. So it's very efficient at getting for the buy side to get the access done. And the feedback for the folks who have already done the trade has been tremendous. They absolutely love it. Did I mention, you know, the auto uh, booking of trades? People absolutely love that as well. No one 
as people are joking, the loan market, no one has paid to book trade tickets. <laughs> uh, so, so just um, um, finally, I know you've recently been onboarding quite a lot of senior people from the industry. How do you see the company growing and progressing from where it is now? Obviously, there's the beta process, and then the, there'll be an official launch. But you know that process, but also looking a bit further ahead. Yeah, we've been very fortunate to attract top talent. I think that has to do with people's confidence in one, the mission that we have and the game plan that we have to actually accomplish the, the mission. In terms of how the company is going to grow from here, so obviously task at hand, particularly this year, is to get all our execution uh, data analytics off the ground, which uh, we're already well underway uh, to accomplish. But if I could just take a step back and look at the bigger picture, we exist to solve critical problems in these markets. And I've already kind of at the beginning talked about some of those things, which is you know just challenging way, uh, challenging way to execute. Both markets, loans, yellows, you have grown substantially in the last uh, 10 or 15 years. Actually, they've tripled in size, if you think about it. That has created a lot of problems. And people will often say that the current systems we have are no longer fit for purpose. They need they're long overdue for an upgrade. The system is boxing at the seams, so to speak. Our mission, therefore, is to solve all these problems. And in both loan and CLO market, you know, we, we talk about internal and say, look, there's at least three to four years of problems that need to be solved in this market. So we're going to be hacking our way at all these problems in the next uh, three to four years. And we believe that. If we are truly solving market problems for both the buy side and the sell side, the market is going to reward us with business, with trades, with subscriptions to our data analytics products. And that's what we're going to be focused on. Brian Bajile, uh, CEO of Octura. Best of luck with the continued launch and the next steps. And thank you so much for joining the last tranche today. It was really interesting to hear everything you had to say on this. So thank you very much. You, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me, and I hope you have me back again. Thank you for listening to The Last Tranche. If you like our show and want to know more, subscribe to Credit Flux and follow us on social media. Please leave comments, rate, like, and share our content.